0: The third lesson today comes from the book of Acts, the 8th chapter, verses 14 through 17. Now when the apostles at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent to them Peter and John, who came down and prayed for them, that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For he had not yet fallen on any of them, but they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. This is the word of the Lord. I can't imagine much more of a beautiful story than that, can you? But in order to see the beauty of this story, you sort of have to know the history going on between these two groups of people. Both groups, the Jews and Samaritans, they hated one another, could not stand one another. In the Gospels, we read the story of the Good Samaritan. Most of us are familiar with that story. We learned that what made the Samaritan so good is that he stopped alongside of the road. He was the only one that stopped along the side of the road to help the man who had been beaten and robbed. We also learned in that story that the Samaritan was the one who was least likely to be helping this man who had been beaten and robbed and left for dead on the side of the road. Because that guy who had been beaten and robbed and left for dead on the side of the road was a Jew. Why did these two groups of people hate one another so much? We have to go a long way back to figure this one out. Back when many of the Israelites were carried away into exile in Babylon in the year 587 BCE, some of those Jews who had been carried away began intermingling and intermarrying with some of those people who had taken them captive. And throughout the generations, it resulted in these Samaritans. The Jews saw the Samaritans as half-breed Jews who had distorted the religion and the bloodline. And the Samaritans saw the Jews as the uppity group of people who throughout the years had managed to twist the religion to suit whatever need it was they had at the time. Needless to say, these two groups of people mixed about as well as oil and water. Now we see this story here in the book of Acts. There's a group of people, these Samaritans, who have heard the word of God, and they've been baptized, but that word of God made such a difference in their lives that the apostles heard about it. And they sent Peter and John to these Samaritans to see what is going on. These apostles realize that some things go deeper than who you are or where you're from. They understand that some things are more important than which side of the tracks you grew up on or how pure your bloodline just might be. When I read this story, I got to thinking about all the different ways that we as a society judge one another. How do we do it? How we worship, our political leanings, which grocery store we may go to, our sexual orientation. Sometimes I even judge people based on the way they shake my hand. We find all sorts of ways to judge one another. It's just what we do. I was watching TV, a TV show the other day, and the story behind this particular show was that there was a bombing at a Muslim mosque. It was in downtown New York City, and the tensions were high among everyone. The entire police force was there. They were on the lookout for potential suspects. An African-American police officer stopped a Muslim man on the sidewalk because he was wearing a turban. And the Muslim man took offense at this, and he punched the police officer right in the face and ended up getting arrested for doing that. When the commissioner started looking into this event, he realized that the officer stopped the man on the sidewalk because he was wearing a turban with no other probable cause than that. It turned out that the officer had been given a a wanted poster, a a Xerox piece of paper, with a cartoon-looking drawing on it with a man wearing a turban. That was all he had to go on, and it was enough for him to stop that man on the sidewalk. In that particular area, the heavily Muslim population had a great mistrust of the law enforcement because they had encountered events like this in their past. And that particular police officer rushed to judgment Because of a stereotype that he had in his mind. Because of particular events in his past. Here we have two different stories. The first story, it's about a group of people who despise one another. The Jews, the Samaritans. They don't want to have a single thing to do with one another. They are perfectly happy living their lives separated, not ever dealing with one another and moving on with life. But then the word of God gets in the way. It has a way of doing that. The Word of God is presented to the Samaritans, and the apostles who have already experienced the transformative power of God's grace understand that the walls that we sometimes build around ourselves sometimes have to come down when God speaks. And then we have this second story, and it's about two groups of people who mistrust one another the police and the Muslim population in this particular TV show. They don't want to deal with one another. They're perfectly fine going about their daily lives, never coming into contact with one another. In this story, there is no mention of the word of God being the motivating factor behind any one of their actions. There is a set of circumstances that unfolds because of the mistrust that humanity has created amongst itself. There's a physical and an emotional pain because of this artificially constructed notion of that which is good and pure, and right. Thinking about these two different stories caused me to ask myself a question. Which story am I living in? Which story do I find myself being a part of? I was talking to a a couple of people the other day, and I gave them what I thought to be a very thought-provoking way of coming up with uh, seeing life. It may not be as profound as I believe it to be, but it's helped me to function a little more simply in the recent days. I told them that there are two types of people in the world, and I realize I'm oversimplifying that, but sometimes in a world that gets complex, simplicity is not a bad way to go. There are two types of people you can be. You can either be a blessing to the world, or you can be a blight upon it. There is no in between. You can be a blessing to the world, or you can be a blight upon it. I think that's what God has been telling his children throughout the course of history. He's telling us that we are supposed to be a blessing to the world. In fact, that's what God has been calling for us to be since the beginning of our very existence. If we're not doing that, we're nothing more than a blight upon it. Either way, we're going to find ourselves as one of the characters in one of these stories. Will we recognize that some things go deeper? Or will we be content keeping that artificially constructed idea of that which is pure and good and right, perfectly intact? If you discover that you'd like to be a Peter or John, one of these faithful children of God, responding to your very own baptism, it might mean that you have to go to a place that you don't really want to go. And it might mean that you have to go speak to some people you don't really want to be around. Because the word of God has a way of leveling the playing field for all of us. It might mean that you have to go be a voice of peace to your greatest enemy. It might mean that you have to go offer words of reconciliation to atone for some words that you have spoken that have created a chasm between you and another child of God. It's not always easy being a Peter or a John. It's not always easy being a beloved child of God that has been claimed at your baptism. But it is satisfying, it is free, and it is very, very life-giving. The response that we offer to this gift of grace that's been given to us before we were ever born, that's the life that we're called to live. That's the life that we see being lived out by these two apostles who not only go to the Samaritans, but when they get there, they risk becoming unclean by touching them, by laying their hands on their hated enemies that the Holy Spirit might begin to work? Are we willing to let our hands become unclean, that the kingdom of God might be built here on earth as it is in heaven? Which story are we living in? Which story do we want to be a part of? You see, something incredible happens when the word of God penetrates those exterior appearances, when it moves past social norms, when it shatters the walls that we have built to keep our own little kingdoms intact. It transforms us. But more than that, it begins to transform our hearts and our wills. It begins to move our wills away from ourselves and towards God. And when our wills get lined up with God's will, that's when the Holy Spirit begins moving in a, freely way, in a free way. And it begins to amaze and inspire the children of God to live lives that mirror that of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. If you're looking for a way to be one of those faithful apostles moving to build God's kingdom because the word of God has inspired you to do so, you'll have an opportunity to do that in a couple of weeks. On January 23rd, we are going to pack 100,000 meals in the Davis Center, and we need you to register to do that. We still need a lot of volunteers. You can do that on the church website, you can call the church office, or you can sign up out here in the commons area, but we need you to get registered. Feeding people who need to eat is one of the ways that we feed people's souls who are starving for the love of God. It's not the only way that we do it, but it is a good place to start. Another way that we do that is through prayer. We pray for God's kingdom to come on earth as it it is in heaven. But we also pray for specific ways that God can use us to help him make that a reality. God will give us direction. We just have to give God ourselves. In just a few moments, we're going to have an opportunity to come down front and to reaffirm our baptisms, to remember our baptisms, to remember that grace that went before our very being. Some of us will have been baptized later on in life, we'll be able to remember that. Some of us may have been too young to be able to remember that, and that's okay. Because that grace that God has given to you when he claimed you as his beloved child through water and the Spirit That's something that's been working in our lives even when we didn't even know it. And it will continue to work as long as we are able to let it work. See, some things just go deeper. And that water that we're going to come down front and touch in just a few moments, that water full of God's love and grace, folks, that's about as deep as it gets. Take that grace. Respond to that grace. Live in ways that build the kingdom. Amen.